Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. We would like to acknowledge the Turrbal and Yagara peoples as the traditional owners of these lands where we stand recognizing that these have always been places of meeting and sharing. I'd also like to pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. I don't think we can remember the rest of it, actually. Honestly. What's the chord progression, guys? Um, <laughs> hi, welcome to General Queries. I'm your host, Talia. It's lovely to have you on this beautiful, beautiful afternoon uh, when we are recording. I think it's slightly rainy outside. Megan says, yeah. Yeah, I'm joined in the, in I'm the your studio. Co-host, Megan. I'm joined in the studio. Uh, with the dulcet tones of Megan. It's becoming a thing. I'm it's just definitely gonna, a thing. It, I'm going to just use it now. Yeah. Um, yeah, the dulcet tones of my co-host Megan, mm. whom I love and adore. Thank you, Talia. Oh, <laughs> sexy, sexy beast. I'm joined in the studio also uh, with Catherine, who is not Charlotte. Catherine Good Charlotte. Catherine Good Charlotte. I'm not Charlotte, and I was not featuring my dulcet tones. But. <laughs> I'm sure you do have dulcet tones though. <laughs> they just weren't featured in the acapella section. No. Um, would you, would you, we can retake it. No. If you, well, no, I, don't, I don't know the theme song well enough to. Two, three, four. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> really putting me on the spot. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so yeah. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How's your how week you? been? It's good. It's good. I've finished exams. So I'm on sexy, holidays. Sexy, sexy. Which is sexy. How and I you? believe you had a bit of a lit party last night i did we had the uq drama society end of year awards what are they called drinks uh function well we are underground productions so the awards are called the undies (laughs) very clever um (laughs) so yes the undies Went off, went right off. Went off like a bright nighty. Yeah, there's many puns to be made about about the undies, which is pretty convenient. But yes, it was good. So um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Why what are you brings here? you into the studio <laughs> today? Well, Megan messaged me at like 11 o'clock one night. And, yes. Uh, <laughs> well, I am Catherine. I live in Brisbane. Uh, my pronouns are she and her. I identify as queer and I live with my partner of recently two years. Woo! Yay! Spicy! We are Uh, so proud. We stand. (laughs) Thank you. Also our dog of recently one year. So it's pretty domestic. Um, And I like cycling. I cycled here, in fact. Oh, cool. And I like knitting. Not wearing anything knitted because it's Brisbane and it's November. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is raining today. It is a but little it is cool raining. today. You could have I gotten away wish with it. I had a little snow. Yeah, I've, like socks or something. Mm. Could have done socks. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty humid though. So mm. yeah. just a winter thing. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about like. Um, when you say queer. Yeah. When you yes. say queer, what do you, what does that mean for you? 
Um, I mean, I would probably functionally fit into a lesbian category because I don't think I've ever been attracted to a man. But I kind of prefer (laughs) (laughs) I kind of prefer queer because I feel like, you know, it's like if it happened, it happened. Um, if it was to happen, I mean, probably not because now I have a partner of a long term. Uh, and we are monogamous. So it's unlikely that I would ever date a man. But yeah. but you're open to the possibility. But I'm open. It just hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I identify as because it's, yeah, it's a little bit open. Yeah. It's more appropriate for you. Yes. Because <laughs> yeah. when you say lesbian, um, that definitely comes across as like, a, I like girls. Yeah. Like well, there's, yes. There's explosion, no explosion noise. It, it's yeah. Like blow, uh, blow the men away. Yeah. Be gone. Shots. <laughs> um, yeah. Whereas, yeah, if you, if you say queer, you're not really um, – confining yourself to no. something that has a label with that yeah. sort of stronger yeah. connotation. Yes. Can I can I ask why um why queer and not LGBT? Because I know that is quite a, a moment of contention. A, a- yes. Um I mean, I'm like young and you know, hip and a millennial, so I guess mm-hmm. queer with the, is with it, yeah, with queer kids. is yeah. like, you know, the kind of the latest thing, but I guess it's not so much about the word mm. as it is about like just a umbrella type mm-hmm. situation. So, you know, if in 10 years time there's a different word for openness, then I'd probably go with that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't not identify as LGBT, but of all the things yeah. you prefer. Inclusivity. Yeah. Bit of everything. No, I kind of I feel that as well. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. A lot of people are like, mm, totally are like queer, not LGBT. What is this? Yeah. A lot, of, like a lot of my stance is like, if if you're gonna like, a lot of people complain about the acronym. I'm just like, just say, just say queer. Yeah, I very yeah. much prefer queer. Yeah. To be honest, I feel that LGBT is uh, a little yeah. exclusive. Yeah. Exclusive, yeah. yeah and and like, I mean, yeah. As a millennial, I was never called queer as a slur, so mm. it doesn't really have the yeah, whole slur very much thing reclaiming. for me, yeah. at least. But, I mean, I know people like, well, I don't want it because it's a slur. I would prefer something else. But, I mean, it's not a problem for me. But, yeah. Yeah. So, like, in the interest of labels, um, you're saying queer, um, but you're open, like you're with a woman, but you're open to a relationship with a man. Why not um, bi or pan? I mean, I identified as bi for a little while, like probably when I was in my teens and I was like, feelings in my pants (laughs) um but I like bi seems like a little more like half half when it's not really half half it's like a hundred percent zero percent um so I just feel like bi would be a bit false at this point in my life um because then it would be like well, you're attracted to both I'm like well not really but I might one day be that's because your partner is like just a stunning yeah She's lovely. Everything about her <laughs> shines like the sun. <laughs> yeah. Love you, Mills. <laughs> Shout out to my partner, who is a queen. <laughs> I've never met her, but I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure she's, she's lovely. <laughs> she's lovely. I will, I will take uh, your your word on it. I trust your <laughs> my every dulcet word. word. Your dulcet, <laughs> dulcet word. word. Dulcet tones. Tells you speak only the I truth. Speak only the truth. <laughs> Um, 
So like what does uh, how do you how do you kind of move through the world as like a queer woman? Like what does that kind of mean for you? Um I don't know. Okay, I was literally talking to someone else about this the other day and I was like, you know, I really feel like I don't really identify as queer like as much as I identify as a cyclist. Like <laughs> <laughs> like day to day like being a cyclist is more like I don't know, just like is something that I do more. Um, but, yeah, I guess because I'm like in a long-term relationship, it's like not really something that I think about a lot day to day. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it's like it's normal. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean it's – I feel like the whole labelling thing and like the identity and the queer community was a lot more – important to me when I was younger and I was like finding my place and I was like oh my god I love like never seen a tv show with a lesbian in it um and had to watch the l word which is not a good show trash. horrible horrible pure trash uh and we're just lucky not to get sued or anything but <sighs> we're lucky that we live in a world where we don't have to watch terrible, terrible TV shows mm. in the interest of representation anymore. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, not that, like, being queer is not important to me no. anymore. But, um, yeah, I guess it's more of a background thing. Mm. How did you come to that? Like, how did you come to realising that, hey, I'm just being queer is a facet of my personality, not all of me? How did it, how did it settle how did with it, you? How did it settle? Um, I don't know. I guess I had like a quite bad relationship when I was in high school mm. with another girl and probably like a year after that when the sort of dust had settled, I was like, oh, that was horrible. And at the time of that relationship I was like, oh, I'm like queer and I'm having all these feelings and I'm like, um, it's a whole thing and it's like what I think about every day. Um, but yeah, and then I sort of took some time and was like, let the feeling settle. Um, and I started dating my current partner a little bit after that, probably a year and a half-ish after mm -hmm. that relationship. Um, and yeah, I mean, we sort of started dating, but we didn't really date. We were just hanging out and then we're like, do you want to like be in a relationship? She's like, Yeah. And then we were. So there was no <laughs> there was no dating. We just went straight to a relationship. The ideal kind. Yeah, um, the ideal. Yeah, which is um I don't know what that's like at all. <laughs> I, it must be like a thing because I think it's like, you know, I, I feel like it's maybe a queer woman thing. Because dating you're like hanging exhausting. out. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's like, you know, you're hanging out with someone that you like and then it's like you're hanging out in a platonic way. But then gals when you get, pals. you're just gals being pals. And then it's like, when you're like, should we do this? It's like, yeah. But there's no need to like date because you already know each other. Yeah. Just if anybody heard that, that was Nick's. That was Nick's the studio cat. Attacking <laughs> so something. Cute. And we all nearly shat ourselves. Anyway, moving <laughs> on. <laughs> He's a lovely cat. Um, Nyx is absolutely gorgeous. Nyx is beautiful. If anybody has seen Nyx, maybe I'll I'll take a photo and post it up on our socials. Yeah. But um, yeah. Nyx is, Nyx is wholesome, yeah. wholesome boy. Nyx is also <laughs> technically part of our logo. There you go. He is indeed, yeah. actually. A she. A she actually is. <laughs> she is. Zane has informed me that 
she is a female identifying cat. <laughs> <laughs> a lovely cat. A lovely cat. Beautiful. So um with the um with the settling of the yes. like is when you do kind of feel that kind of acceptance with yourself, is it just like you move on from yeah, clubbing I mean, environments and places like open doors? I mean, I guess for me it kind of coincided with having a partner and so it's not as much like I'm looking for a partner mm. and this is what I'm looking for. Um, so I guess in that sense, like using the label wasn't really necessary as much because it's like, well, I'm not like looking for someone to date. So like it doesn't really matter or like I don't know what I would use it for. So, yeah, um, it kind of coincided with not dating. Um, not that I was like really, I don't really club, but. So I never went to a nightclub. <laughs> mm. My cafe um, idea is really going to take off. When yeah, it I, really like, is. Get a, get, get Talia, yeah. Talia wants to uh, open a queer cafe. Good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I've like I didn't even go to a nightclub in my life until after I was already dating Not someone. Not so. to be realistically. No, People are gross I mean, and sweaty. Ugh. And it's like you have to go late. My bedtime's 9 p.m. (laughs) It is. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm aware. Um, I leave all parties at 9 p.m. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I saw you at a party um, a couple of months ago and we arrived at like 9 or 10 and you were literally going home. And Mills was like, Bye. Bye. (laughs) Well, uh, I'm just going to take her home now. She's a bit sleepy. And you were like, Oh, bye. (laughs) Yeah, it's. A real problem. I'm not a party person. Um, that's fair though. No, this is that's a-okay. So valid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I went to Pride the year before we started dating, but I haven't been to Pride since, which is kind of a coincidence because I've been like busy both days. Mm. But also maybe not a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> so do you subconscious coincidence. Yeah. Do you not like to engage with the community? Um I don't like not like to engage with it I again I feel like I sort of engage more with communities that are like other parts of my yeah. personality more like cycling yeah. <laughs> um and also the theatre society um which I do a lot with I'm too busy no yeah. that's exactly I don't have want. time for the queer community <laughs> absolutely it's really just like that sounds a so bad of your personality that's kind of brought you to this relationship that you're in now yeah yeah so um, I think um one of my questions as everyone on the podcast knows um so does that mean your identity has no effect on your work at all does um, it affect any way that you um go about your art go about business uh, involving the theater I'm yes, it does. Um, so earlier this year, I directed a production of Much Ado About Nothing uh, with Underground, um, and I cast two female leads and two male leads as the two couples. So that was very much like a Shakespeare, a Shakespeare, you could say, um, or to make Shakespeare gay <laughs> Laugh, again, Talia. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Much Ado yeah. is the is a is a Shakespearean comedy the one with Kenneth Branagh? Yes, yes. it is. And or David Tennant and Catherine Tate. Yes, oh, yes, I'm David Tennant. Tennant. Which is I, I'm still I'm still a real great fan of production. the 
Kenneth Branagh one. Myself. The movie is good. The movie is pretty the good. The movie is good. Um, but yes, to to my knowledge, there had never been two female leads in Much Ado before. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess part of why I did that was I wanted to see that Absolutely. happen. Um, Damn, yes. And kind of reclaim the heterosexual comedy into a gay one. Mm. Um, and, yeah, and I think the whole production also was about, like, you know, making it for us because we said it at UQ um, and, you know, we said it as a bunch of students, um, which works really well because students are completely melodramatic and way <laughs> too involved in other people's love lives, which is what Absolutely. much to do is all Especially like for, for anybody who's not involved in the uni or the theatre community, can we just say that uni and um, the, both the uni and the theatre communities are incredibly incestuous and incredibly meddlesome in other people's completely, romantic lives. Completely. I don't, I don't Combine like the, the two and just all your dirty laundry is aired for all to see. I don't like the fact that you use incestuous, but it's literally the only word <laughs> it's the that only you can word. use. Like, yeah. and you can say nepotistic. I know this, I know this you Incestuous and nepotistic. Nepotistic. Yeah. I know this firsthand. It, it can be very, can make life very complicated. Yeah. So. Uh, yes, which translates well to Shakespeare's plays. Because they're all about people being meddlesome in other people's affairs. Mm. And nepotistic and mind slightly own, incestuous, depending on the Mind your own business. Mind your own business. Who cares who's sleeping with who? Uh, yeah, a lot of Shakespeare plays would be resolved if just people just, people minded, just minded their, their own, own business. Damn business. So if you go to uni or you're in the theatre community or both, start minding your own business. <laughs> you know, start up. Um, hot tips with Megan. Hot tips with Megan. Start minding your own business and start, you know, just focusing. sit at home. Take the plank out of your own eye before you take the splinter out of your neighbours. <laughs> Take the word of the good Lord, <laughs> apply it to your life. Exactly. Oh, that's my hot tip. Hot takes that's with me. That's hot tip. Um, but <laughs> yes, so I like queer theatre um, because, yeah, I think it's important to have that kind of representation and, you know, I had never seen a queer much ado and I wish that I had. So I did one. Um, you were the change you wanted. I was. To see. I was the change that I wanted Absolutely. to see. Um, but yeah. So how did how did the production go? It went really well. It went really actually. well. Actually, it was lovely. Uh, Beck. Beck. Yeah. Was in. We also had some gender bent characters as well as sexuality swapped. Yes. Mm. Gender bent is just it flows a bit better than sexuality swap. Mm. But I like that's it. fine. Uh, yeah, we had lots of gender bent stuff. Beck was a gender bent. Ex- do you want to explain character. the difference between gender bent and sexuality swap for people who are not woke yes. to that? <laughs> so, <laughs> gender bending in theatre is when you cast a person of a different gender to what the character is originally written as. Mm-hmm. So, in Beck's case, the character of Don Pedro is a man. Uh, he is lovingly played by Keanu Reeves he is. in the movie and he's stunning. Continue, yes. sorry. Um, no, he's not. That's Don John. Oh, that's Don John. I'm so sorry. <laughs> wow. Oh, Get my your gosh. Uh, oh. However, Don John is lovingly played by Keanu Reeves. Yeah. So, um, but yes, Don Pedro is, uh, I can't even remember. He's like the old dude. The oh, older um, dude. Is he the comedy piece? 
No, he's no? like the prince. Oh, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Mm. So um, imagine imagine a world where uh, Romeo is played by a woman and Juliet yes. is played by a man. Yes. I understand that that's that a would play, be, but I'm just contextualizing. That would be gender bending. Yeah. Play. Uh, yeah. So when you're gender bending, that would probably involve sexuality swapping some of the time. So, for example, if you have a Romeo and Juliet to heterosexual or we presume heterosexual characters, if you had two women, then you would be sexuality swapping them mm. so that they would be gay little, little, little lesbian lovebirds. <laughs> so the um, in, in terms of gender bending, why that decision? Um, I mean, I think in most of it, I kind of went in gender blind. Mm -hmm. The only characters that I had a gender in mind were the two couple leads. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, for the rest of it, I kind of went in pretty like open about whatever actors came into the room. And I was like, you know, more about like what the character is about than what their gender is because we were setting it in the modern day. Yeah. So we didn't have um, gender, you know, Elizabethan gender stuff yeah. to deal with. And in some respects it wouldn't really have made sense to do no gender bending because there's like two female characters and there's just not a lot of men in theatre. This is this is correct. You, you often also, have to gender bend. Yeah. Yes. Just because of a lack of men. And hello, patriarchy once more. <laughs> um that's a that has a lot to do with oh theater's gay, man. Um so there's that toxic Wrong. If you're a, if you're a straight man in theater, you're like You are dripping in women. You Holy are hell. If amazing. You are, if you're a straight man in theater, you're gonna get more jobs than anyone, anyone. because there is like no straight men in theatre. It's, it's all just the career path to go into. Even if you can play into. a straight man, that would be fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, if you can be read on stage as a cis straight man, go for it. Go dude. for it. I you, believe in you. You got yes, this. The community exactly. is going to love you forever. You'll never be out of a job. Yeah. The other thing about student theatre is, um, and I know for a fact, and you would also know as well, that um, when you put on productions you need to create as much diversity as possible because yes. student theatre is by students for students, for yes. people to learn. So, so you have to yes. have as many opportunities as you possibly can. Yeah. Well, a cast of all men doesn't really reflect, doesn't really reflect our it. member base. No. And so it shouldn't. Mm. Um, but, yeah, necessity, women, and yes. necessity and ideology. Mm. Give us and there is female actors. Yeah. Amen. And there is quite um a lot of precedent for gender blind casting in Shakespeare. Yeah. Um, I think the um us RSC has done it. even mm. like over in London, the RSC. Oh yeah. Um because the thing is a lot of um like Shakespeare plays all have like a hundred characters each because yeah. it's like a nurse, a boy, mm. you know, a manservant. And because it's all like default men, it's like, well, all of them are male parts, yeah. quote unquote, but it doesn't really matter yeah. because it's 2018 and we can have women servants as well. Yeah. Hello. Real equality is servitude. Break that glass. <laughs> Break that, gla ah! Break that, Break that glass, glass ceiling. ceiling. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's also a really important point, again, for people who aren't um, initiated into the theatre world. Um, <laughs> Like originally 
every everyone in Shakespeare's time was played by men because yeah. women weren't Even seen. Women, roles. Yeah. women weren't allowed to be actors. Women, just yes. straight yeah. out. A lot of all women, actors were men. Yeah, and yeah. A lot of the comedy in Shakespeare is about cross-dressing mm. and men who are playing women dressing as men yeah you get to, as women uh, and you get turns to 12th, of tables yeah. yeah you get to 12th night which is if you think about it in its original yeah. context is really interesting it's like four layers yeah. of cross-dressing there was um one version of 12th night that i i do think the royal shakespeare did it um but they did it in its like original circumstances. Oh yeah. Um, and they had like the men playing the women, playing like men. the men. Um, yeah, it's trippy. Yeah, it's it's interesting it's to see how tricky, they tricky, can tricky, be coded tricky. as such in space. <laughs> so when when you did the gender bending, was that that was like a deliberate? They are now should be read as female in the space, or mm. did you um, decide? I guess it it was almost like it didn't matter well for some characters it did matter and for other characters it doesn't really so we had like a friar who like marries the couples um obviously the friar is a male role but I did cast a woman who was lovely Mm -hmm. Jess um and Jess 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 yes oh yes Uh, and she was lovely um Labwaje. Yeah. Yes. Hi, Jess Buns. You're beautiful. Hi, Jess Buns. You're beautiful. We love you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess that was a character that, like, it didn't really matter, mm. like, whether it was read as male or female. I mean, it was now a female role because Jess was playing it. Um, but in contrast to that, mm, when was this? Last year, as in 2017, um, we did a production called The Ugly One which has a character that's a surgeon, which is a male character, but we had a female actor play that, Brit, who is also lovely. Um, But she was playing a male role, so they didn't change any of the dialogue or the stuff Mm -hmm. um, that has her coded as male. So, yeah, that was like she was playing a male role, but in – much ado, we had a lot of people changing the role and were now playing a role that was their gender. Mm. It's if really that makes interesting sense. how that works in theatre as well. And like um, there are some things that we definitely, that definitely are required to be played by a certain, you know, uh, people that identify in a certain way. Like as you know, Kat, I um, directed the Vagina Monologues a little bit earlier in the year um, and that really needs to be played by women, um, cis femme. by cis femme women, which which has some issues. Um, the it's Monologues still, it's still a good piece of writing, but it is. Yeah. it is it is very much focused on. I mean, it's on from the nineties. Yeah, yeah so, so that's that's very yeah. third wave feminism. Yeah, that where I mean, the of, piece of work is not without its issues, but it can be staged in a way that's. Yeah, sensitive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but I, me and uh, and Bronte Larson, we directed it. Um, and we really felt that it, we needed to have feminine identifying people, mm. um, play those roles. And it just so happened that all of those women were cis. Mm. Um, but we were really conscious of the fact that this is not a play that represents yeah. uh, all women. Um, yeah. So, yeah, being able to to recognise the shortcomings of 
of your casting and your and your work is really important as well. And I think yeah. like women or women coded people um, playing men is like as we said before, like it's a really obvious thing and it's a really um, common thing that happens in theatre. Yeah. Like um, the Queensland Shakespeare Ensemble did Rosencrantz and Guildenstern and Hamlet. They did them in rep um, at the Roma Street Parklands earlier mm. this year mm. and. They were in talk with Tom Stoppard, who wrote um, RNG, and one of the conditions that they had, that um, the estate had, um, was that, yeah, you can do RNG as long as you don't change the pronouns for yeah. RNG. And so Rosencrantz and Guildenstern had to be gendered male and they had to be, they had to be men. They had to be he, him and men. Um, I know that like the Beckett estate refuses to do blind yeah. casting on yep. Waiting for Godot. Yeah. Um, no, no, no changes allowed. No women in Waiting for Godot, despite the fact that if you just made them all women, no- nothing would change. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's the my other thing hot is, take. If you're doing Shakespeare, you have a lot of freedom. Yeah. It is creative. Is quite... <laughs> it is creative commons yeah, now. So, so you can really do whatever you want with yeah, it, which is not always the case for other plays. So yeah. I guess that is why Shakespeare is often the subject of a lot of gender yeah. blind, yeah. gender bent great. casting. Yeah. 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 It, it's really interesting like that, the, the whole discussion of like how gender is represented in Shakespeare yeah. is yeah, one of one of the reasons that he's still relevant in society today. Um, if we're gonna be an English teacher about it, um, yeah. Can I can I ask what's your yes. experience in the Brisbane community been like? In the Brisbane community, good. I was born in Brisbane, but I lived in New South Wales until I started high school. Um, and I went to school in Brisbane, right here. So I would consider myself a Local, a Brisbaneite, a, if you a will. Brisbaneite, a Bris Vegas, oh, Jesus, <laughs> Bris Vegas resident, um, a thriving metropolis, a thriving metropolis. I love Brisbane, actually. Mm. It's I love the city, um, and I love the river, um, and you know, I love. I love the city, even though it's not Melbourne or Sydney and, you know, we're all dumb country hicks from Queensland, um, according to people who are in other thriving metropolises. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I I suppose my experience with the Brisbane community in terms of being queer um, has been good Mm. in that I haven't really experienced any homophobia or other phobia. Um, But also I guess part of that has probably been not being super visible Mm. as queer because, you know, when you're in like high school, it's not like people are throwing rocks at you on the street. I mean, unless they really hate you. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, I mean, I go places with my partner, but mm, I don't know. I I mean, I'm not like a – for our listeners at home who don't know what I look like, uh, I would say I look fairly conventionally normal. Um, Pat doesn't have pink hair like I do. I don't have <laughs> pink hair. I did cut my hair quite short last year, but it's grown back, so I now have longer hair. Um, I don't dress super feminine, but also it's like not like – 
a lot of people do these days. I really wear any makeup, but again, it's like you look like a businesswoman a... out to get your <laughs> shit done. <laughs> I mean, I'm wearing shorts, so it's like a businesswoman in a tropical city. Yeah, ready. Um, but yeah, I guess I have sort of escaped being super visible because I was never really super butch. Yeah, um, we are looking. Yeah, or yeah, yeah just super queer looking. Mm. Um. If anything, I kind of just look like a regular girl but a bit slobby. <laughs> oh, babe. <laughs> um, you know, because, yeah, again, I don't really wear makeup yeah. or stuff. Uh, She's calling me out across the table. I'm here in, like, full <laughs> eyeliner. I've got, like, a half-cut. No, I mean, like, going somewhere. Somewhere. I'm going somewhere. Yeah, I'm, I like, no. I makeup on either, guys. It's fine. Like, <laughs> I don't have no judgment towards makeup users. Them. Um, <laughs> those people, those people. Um, but yeah, I, um, as my partner says, my style of dressing is that I pick up whatever pair of shorts and whatever shirt is closest to me at the time and then put them on. Cute. I also only have like three pairs of shoes. So I have two. They're both That's dogs. all you need. Yeah. That is all you need. That is all you need. My partner has probably 50 pairs of shoes. Oh, Mills. <laughs> oh, sweet, sweet Mills. What do you, what do, what do, you do with them? What do you do with that? Um, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's damn. still a mystery. Um, we like to ask everybody this question. Um, what advice would you give to queer people who are emerging, identify in a similar way? Questioning. Yeah. Questioning. What would you say to them if you could say I would them? say just like don't stress because at least for me, my identity felt like the biggest thing in the world and it's really not. I mean, it can be if you want it to be, but it doesn't have to be. Mm. And you can have other interests and meet people who do stuff with your other interests and just let it all like happen and don't super stress about it because, Mm. you know, it'll all unfold Mm. as it unfolds and it'll all work out. Mm. (laughs) Wholesome. Did you want to plug underground while you're here? Yeah. So I am underground's marketing manager this year. As in next year, 2019. 2019 exec represent. Yes. 20 by team. 20 by team. I'm making it a thing. Stop trying to make fetch happen. (laughs) Fine. Uh, Be that way, Heather. Our tagline (laughs) may be queer all year. It's something I thought of, but it depends what plays we're doing. That's fantastic. Um, I cannot reveal any plays that we're doing because they're not confirmed yet. Secret. Secret. But like Underground on Facebook for the reveal and stay tuned. X Files music plays in the background. All will be revealed soon Soon. and it will be a very exciting season. It will be. I'm looking forward to it. And definitely some queer stuff. Absolutely. I have an in on the exec, so I've I've got some of the secrets. So (laughs) Um, you're in for a good time. All of all of the theaters seem to be coming out with excellent seasons in 2019. Very, very nice Um, seasons. What I'm what I'm saying is support your local theater scene. (laughs) Um, Please do. We need money. Please, oh my God, we have no money. I'm very small I'm, and I have no money. So you can see what kind, kind of, of stress, stress I am under. under. Hashtag John Mulaney. Um, thank you so much for coming yes, into the studio today. It's been me. wonderful just talking to about, I love you. talking about Shakespeare. 
Let's just talk about Shakespeare forever. Let's start a Shakespeare podcast. Yeah. A queer Shakespeare please, podcast. Please, no more podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Not right now. We were talking about like two more before. Let's <sighs> let's just thank you for coming on and thank talking you. about Shakespeare now. Maybe we'll get you day. back. We'll talk about Shakespeare again later. <laughs> um, yeah. No, thank you so much for, you. for coming in. It's been wonderful to talk to you. Um, yeah, everyone out there in uh, podcast listening land, um, I love you. Remember to eat uh, even a little bit. I know sometimes it can be difficult, but I think it's important that you eat. Um, remember to drink water, stay hydrated. It's very important that you stay hydrated. Um, get enough sleep. Um, you have survived 100% of days. Well done you. And you will continue to survive. There are people out there who love you and you should know that they love you. Um, and if they aren't talking, go and talk to them because sometimes people just. Sometimes people have social anxiety, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> And you should, you should go out and, and talk to them. Uh, and we're always here to validate you if you ever need us. Um, so, yeah, you're valid. And we hope that you take care of yourself on this beautiful beautiful afternoon or morning or whatever time it is um blessings and love and we'll see you next time bye Hello. Bork, bork, hi. You know what you need to be doing? You need to be listening to the Floof and Papa podcast. I'm Mel. I'm Taylor. And we're going to talk about all things dogs. Dog stories. Dog breeds. Dog tips and tricks. Dog puns. Dog jokes. Dog everything. Out if you're not listening. Uh, hit us up at the Floof and Papa podcast wherever you get your podcast. Tune in. Uh, that's not kind of productions podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 